Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Look, I've never been a, a big fan of this naggy guy. And, and quite honestly, it's because of the way he handled the, the uh, Trubisky thing. Mm-hmm. He put everything on him. I mean, he's the guy they blame everything on. Well, why don't you look at yourself first, man? I mean, dude, you scored three points in this game. I mean, I, I know it's nine, but no, it was three points. Right. And, and quite honestly, you're an offensive guru. That's why you came here. And those stats that Himbo just, just put up and Dan talked about, that's not acceptable. And I, hey, you've gone to the playoffs, you know, two out of the last three years. Congratulations. That's because that the NFC is a hell of a lot weaker than the AFC. But at the, at the when, when I look at this, you you know, your guy at Northwestern, yeah, Chicago Pat. kid, that fits better because this guy that plays in Chicago. This guy, I mean, I, I don't I don't like him. I don't like the way he doesn't take every damn bullet for him. That's your job as a head coach. You don't make your quarterback take every mm-hmm. bullet. You take the dang mm. bullets. <laughs> Jordan Malley is my producer, engineer, partner tonight. Uh, always does an excellent job. But that one's an A+. Mitch, if you're listening, there should be a little bonus for Jordan in for that one. Because that is Rex Ryan yesterday talking about the Chicago Bears' current situation. You know, your guy at Northwestern, Chicago kid, that fits better. He, he, he wants Pat Fitzgerald to take the job. He couldn't be more wrong. I love Fitz. Fitz is a great coach, but he is not a better fit uh, for an NFL head coaching job than Matt Nagy. And that is why uh, Rex Ryan will not be a candidate for the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator job. Uh, I gave you a football reason. That's a better reason. Uh, great get, Jordan. Thank you so much for pulling that up. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Um, I believe that it is, uh, let's see, David in Tinley Park. Do I have that right, Jordan? Is he the next on the list? Let's get to, let's get to David out in Tinley Park. Dave, thanks for calling. How you doing? Hi, Ab, how are you? I am good. Thank you. Good. I'm uh, glad to finally get a chance to talk to you. The, um, I don't see what other choice that they had. The team was eight and eight. They 
have not had a losing season while this guy's been the head coach. Uh, Ryan Pace has definitely gotten the team to the playoffs two out of the last three years. So what are you going to do? I guess the operative statement is if you did do anything, then and then what? Then you're rebuilding with a, you know, your team is in your prime. Are you going to be able to develop a new scheme, a new system while they're still in their prime enough to get you to the Super Bowl? And I think you're better off just keeping this crew together. But as far as Mitch goes, I mean, for Mitch's purposes, I would think Mitch would want to leave because here he'll only be average at best. He'll be adequate. He's always going to have the Mahomes tag thrown against him. And if he goes to another town that doesn't have that letdown, well, then maybe he'll do much better in a different scheme in a different place. The problem is, what are you doing with this position at this point? You know, I mean, if you assign Mitch for another couple of years, if he takes it, I don't know why he would. Uh, And if he doesn't, then what do you got, Nick Foles? And then what are we going to go find a Blake Bortles to back up Nick Foles? I mean, this is just not a good situation money-wise because they're up against the cap already. How do you pull something like that off and get a quarterback? That's my question. Well, Dave, thank you for the, uh, the phone call. I, I think that you, your summary is, is pretty spot on. You know, I, I I have no problem with bringing Mitch back uh, on a one-year prove-it deal if you are committed to the offense that you adjusted for him this the, these last five or six weeks and if you're going to dedicate the offseason to getting as good as you can in that scheme. Um, there is still better football ahead for Mitch Trubisky. I, I, I think the greatest disservice that was done to him in his development is that that since Matt got here, they pretty much coached the legs out of him. Uh, you know, and, and he's not Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. He's never going to be. He's not that good a runner uh, or an athlete. But he is a very good athlete and, and a good runner with the football. And that's not what you want your first trait to be in your quarterback but it comes in handy especially when you have a bad offensive line and even Sunday you could tell I mean he's just not coming out of the pocket and going 100% when running with the football and so you know what is one of his better traits you took away from him and so unless you really want to work on putting that back into the game plan and when I say they took it away from him they spent so much time trying to get him to stay in the pocket learn how to read the field to be patient uh, to not get rid of the ball too quickly and to find the right receiver then it became he's not getting rid of the ball quick enough and the question is is that because he wasn't reading the field or because the receivers weren't separating quick enough and 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 now he wasn't you know at least saving some plays with his legs because you spent so much time trying to convince him to stay in the pocket so um you know unless you are going to bring him back and build an offense around what he does best and see how high his ceiling can be with that it probably is not a good idea to bring him back. Um, Nick Foles has been to the Pro Bowl as a starter for an NFL team. Granted, it was eight years ago. It was the 2013 season, seven years ago, eight seasons ago. Um, He has been a Super Bowl MVP. He can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So your other choice now is to go back to, quote, Matt Nagy's offense have a full offseason devoted to getting Foles ready as your starter, and find a backup for him who can be that guy. And I now see coming out of New Orleans and where they're at, 
that that probably makes the most sense for the Bears because at the end of this year, neither Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy is going to survive if they're not better than 8-8 eight and eight again. So give them the year. Let them do exactly what they were brought here to do, what you thought was their greatest talent, their greatest assets, their greatest ability. Um, and, and then, you know, you see if you can contend. If not, you blow it up after next year because now the defense is a year older. Maybe a few of these guys stick around. Um, but, but, but going into 22 off of another 500 season, there's no reason to believe that anything is going to be better than 500. Let's go down to Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, it could be worse. You could be the Jaguars. I think Reggie probably is more a Bears fan than a, than a Jags fan. Let's find out. Reggie, you're on the score, buddy. How you doing? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Lifelong Bears fan. That's what I thought. My question <laughs> is, we got rid of Pagano. Well, he, he retired. But we're going to let Nagy stay, along with Pace, who failed with uh, Mike Glennon. He failed with Trubisky. The Nick Foles experiment was a failure. And he's probably going to be drafting another quarterback just for the backup purposes. We're going to trust those two guys again to draft and, quote, unquote, develop another quarterback. I don't understand the Bears' logic in, in keeping these two guys with the laundry list of failures that they've had in their tenure. Well, Reggie, let me help you with it because, A, you, some of your – your points are not correct, and some of them are. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just going to try and give you an answer. And B, um, you know, you would do it because you think it gives you the best chance to win the most quickly. But they did not fail with Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon was brought to Chicago to be a one-year bridge to Mitch Trubisky. I know he was signed before they drafted Trubisky, but we now know that the plan absolutely was to do whatever it took to get Trubisky, and that's what they did. And they identified Glennon as the bridge to him and the eventual backup quarterback. That's exactly what Glennon was. The fact that it only lasted four weeks was as much circumstances of other things that were going on around him. And let's not forget that that was the John Fox regime, not the Matt Nagy regime. And then he's gone on to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. So, so I'm tired of, of hearing people try and, you know, roast Ryan Pace for, for Mike Glennon. It just wasn't that big a deal. Number two, no, the Nick Foles experiment has not failed. It didn't work out this year in a season which, due to the pandemic, you had no offseason, no workout program, no OTAs, no mini camp, no exhibition season, nothing resembling a normal training camp, and you badly missed on your offensive line. You didn't necessarily miss on Foles. We don't know that yet, but you clearly missed on the offensive line coming in. And, and, and so... The idea of letting Pace and Nagy take a run at Foles with hopefully a more, we, we don't know what the, what's going to happen with vaccines and the pandemic and, and what they're going to be able to do this year. I mean, I am 99.9% sure that there will be no scouting combine. Um, I believe that free agency will start on time like it did last year, but even veteran free agents are going to be harder to, to, to figure out. Um, but I would hope that by the time we get to 
April, when, you know, or, or, or let's even say mid or late March when the off-season workout program should begin, and then mid-April when OTA should begin, and, and then by you know May, uh, even early June when minicamp would happen, and then again August for training camp. Hopefully, this will be a more normal off-season where you can develop your offense and your team around Foles. It's worth another look, and it's much more cap-friendly this year. Um, you've eaten the pain of the contract, and, and, and so we'll see. You know, what we saw this year suggests that it could fail, but it hasn't failed yet. And, and, and so that's why you bring them back and take another chance. Also, if you want to make a change, you've got six other teams that you're competing with for general managers and, and, and seven other teams still trying to hire head coaches, and they all have a significant head start on you. And so you go into next year, and and even though you risk another disappointing season, then you know for sure what you need to do at the end, and you get out in front of everybody. You don't start chasing from behind. So I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer here, but there are good reasons to go in either direction, and there certainly are good reasons for George McCaskey to consider what we believe is happening. We're getting multiple reports, but we haven't been able to confirm it anywhere. So um, we believe that, that Chuck Pagano will be retiring and the Bears will be hiring a new defensive coordinator. We believe at this point that, that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are going to, to going to be back. Uh, let's see. After Reggie, I think it's Tony's turn. Tony is in his car tonight. Tony, how you doing? Okay. How are you? I'm good, thank you. All right. Um, okay. Look, not Lovey. Now he's old hat. Rogers kills him every time. And we talked about Rex Ryan trashing Nagy already. <laughs> and uh, I'm wondering what's Rod Marinelli up to. Well, Rod was actually promoted to interim defensive coordinator of the Raiders. It, it was just for the, the last game of the season, but um, it was after uh, John Gruden uh, fired one of his best friends in the business and Paul Gunther. So my guess is that Rod's going to get a serious look at keeping that job with the Raiders. Um, if not, if he's on the market... It's certainly another name worth considering. You know, Rod Marinelli was actually never the defensive coordinator in Tampa. He was the defensive line coach, um, but but has done a very good job as a defensive coordinator at a couple stops since. Um, uh, you know, and, and so he would be certainly somebody worth considering. The other thing with Rod, though, is, is I believe he might be 70. I mean, he's, he's up there, you know, and, and so how much longer he wants to do this, uh, I don't know. Uh, but Tony, it, it's another good name. You know, it, it certainly, when, I, I think that, I don't know, you know, I mean, when you look at what Brandon Staley has accomplished with, with the Rams this year, you look at the job that Bob Sala uh, has done uh, in San Francisco, you look at what Matt Eberfluss has done with the Indianapolis Colts, the, the hot defensive coordinators out there, much well, on both sides of the ball, the young offensive coordinators too, they're, they're the younger up-and-comers. And, and when you realize that even three years later, Matt Nagy is still a relatively young uh, head coach by NFL standards, um, you know, we're just going for the easy names here. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just trying to recycle past successes and, and make Bears connections when you throw out uh, Lovey Smith and, 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 you know, Rex Ryan uh, and now Rod Marinelli. Um, I really had not anticipated a change in the defensive coordinator and had not done 
a lot of homework coming into this show as to who the hot young position coaches were who might be ready to take the next step. But there's some very good ones out there. Again, Jay Rogers is a guy that I would keep an eye on. Uh, he's done an excellent job as the Bears' interior defensive line coach um, and, and could be uh, a consideration for Matt Nagy. We'll see. He also uh, worked here under uh, you know, Vic Fangio, so, so would be considered, I think, a Vic disciple as well. Uh, and, and we'll see uh, if, in fact, uh, you know, that is a possibility. And we got to get some more of the younger names for you. So, uh, you know, uh, I would say good call on Rod. You know, certainly a worthy candidate to consider, Tony, but, but probably not at the top of the list. Again, for no other reason than he would just be another recycled guy who is getting up there in years, and I'm just not sure you know, how much longer Rod wants to do this. So, guys, we're going to take a very quick commercial break. Uh, we're going to get to Tim in West. Uh, well, actually, no, I think we'll get to Tim first. Uh, uh, the schedule is kind of mine now as we're into the evening. So, uh, Tim is out in Westmont. Tim, thanks for dialing us up. How you doing tonight? I'm doing all right, Hub. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Uh, I got two questions, if you don't mind. The first one is, We've seen this revamped O-line uh, do quite well in, with Trubisky at the, at the quarterback position. Trubisky is mobile. Do you, have you seen stuff as of late that would uh, make, you, make you believe that they're going to be just as good with Nick Foles, who for all intents and purposes is, is more or less uh, a, a stationary quarterback compared to Trubisky? And then the second question is um, – it's felt like over the over the past year, you may say I'm crazy, but it's felt like there's been some discipline uh, problems as far as penalties and uh, and tackling and you know the fighting that uh, that that we saw with uh, with with both uh, uh, Wims and and um, and I'm blanking on him. I'm going to skip over that yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miller, thank you. Um, is there something that Nagy can do over the year that the, the off season that you think maybe is on him to, to help uh, get that team together? Or is this more of a player issue? Well, Tim, let, let me go to, to part two first, because I, it's definitely, I think it's, it's more of a player issue. I, you know, when, when you have it, when, when it's uh, uh, epidemic, if you will, and it goes on week in and week out, you, you will look at coaching as well. But, but in fact, when you go back and look at the 16-game season, it was a problem the first half of the year that they had really rectified for the most part the second half of the season until it popped up again uh, on Sunday in New Orleans. And so in that case, I, I think it's more of a player issue. Uh, you know, certainly the, the false starts, uh, I don't know how you coach false starts out of players. Uh, you know, that's just a, a, an instinct and adrenaline, and, and, and it's a spur-of-the-moment thing on the field. And then when you get to the whims and Miller stupidity, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the fact that the Bears devoted time and practice last week to warning these receivers that this Gardner Johnson punk was going to do the same thing again. But what has been forgotten is they also devoted time to it week eight prior to the game and warned whims about it, you know. So um, when the when the coaches are taking time away from what is perceived to be much more valuable or, or much more important needs and focusing on it, and, and then they're making the same mistake. That's really on the players. Uh, you know, as far as the offensive line, um, the improvements have been real. They are on the interior of the offensive line. Uh, 
let's not forget that James Daniels was probably playing the best football of any offensive lineman until he got hurt early in the year. He will be back. I believe that his his ceiling is much higher at center than it is at guard, that he could be one of the best in the league. But Sam Mustafer has played well, and you don't have other options at guard if you don't re-sign Jermaine Effetti. And I think Daniels is a better guard than Effetti. It is definitely Cody Whitehair's best position. And, you know, Alex Bars has played it well. So I, I think the improvements on the interior of the offensive line are real. I think Bobby Massey tends to take more grief than he should. I don't think he's he's much better than average, but he's average to better than average at right tackle, and you can get away with that. You can't get away with it at left tackle. Um, so I think the improvements to the offensive line are real, but if you don't get better at left tackle, you're still going to have trouble in pass protection, and that's still going to be Nick Foles' blind side. And so that is something that must be addressed during the offseason. The improvements in the offensive line were far more in the running game than they were in pass protection. The protection got a little better at times, but still was sketchy at times. So that is a worry with Foles as well. There is no question that they need to continue to improve the offensive line if Nick Foles is going to be the quarterback. Mitch didn't take advantage of his legs the way I think that he should have uh, at times, but at least he had that opportunity and that option. With Foles, you don't have that. So if Nick Foles is going to be your starter, you're in better shape than we thought they were seven, eight weeks ago on the offensive line, but it's still not good enough. We're going to take a very quick commercial break now, and when we get back, we've still got plenty of guys lined up. Leonard, Andrew, Brian, Bernie, you guys are going to be next in that order, so stay right where you're at. You've got the best sports talk in town at Chicago's number one rated all-sports radio station. This is The Score. You know, your guy at Northwestern, Chicago kid, that fits better. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. I don't know how it will uh, affect it or, or not, you know, but at the same time, again, um, I mean, from from my standpoint, you know, again, I mean, it's, you know, I, I personally feel like we had an opportunity, you know, to be able to get something done, you know, over the past, uh, over over 365 days now. So, but again, I mean, but again, that doesn't really, you know, I'm not going to let that really affect me too much, you know, as far as, you know, whatever or however things play out. Hub Arkish on 670 The Score, a radio.com sports station. Chicago Bears number one wide receiver, Allen Robinson, coming off a 100-catch, 1,200-yard season, heading into free agency, talking about his contract status and the future, either with or without the Chicago Bears right here on The Score. I am Hub Arkish. We're going to take your phone calls right up until we hand it off at 9 o'clock this evening. I want to once again, before I continue, thank Jordan Malley. Uh, This has been an interesting evening as we basically planned a show for you and then inside the first 15 minutes with breaking news had to tear up that whole script and create a new show. Uh, Breaking news on The Score is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. If you are just joining us, I don't know if I can call it news because we haven't been able to actually confirm it all uh, with the only person who can, and that's George McCaskey. But multiple reports literally since 6 o'clock 
that Bears defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano will be retiring and the Bears will be in search of a new defensive coordinator and multiple reports from excellent sources of mine as well as being reported by Brad Biggs and Dan Weeder and others around town that both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy will be back for the 2021 season. So, uh, Jordan, outstanding job pulling this all together. Jordan Malley, one of our many great uh, producers and engineers here at 670 The score. And now let's get back to the phone lines. Jordan is that friendly voice you hear when you dial us up. And next up, I think it is Leonard uh, on the south side. Leonard, I appreciate the phone call. How you doing tonight? I'm good. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Thank you. Good. My question is um, <clears throat> with, I know that with Khalil Mack, if a, a team was able, you know, when they drop back, three-step drop, get rid of the ball quick, if your corners played a little more press man, then it would make the quarterback hold the ball a little bit longer. Maybe they would be able to get more sacks. The question is, do you think the Bears corner would be able to hold up under a little bit more press man coverage? And my second question is, what do you think of Jesse Hearn, uh, the former New York Giants as a general manager? Possibility. You know, I'll take the second part first, because Jesse's is not a name that I've heard, you know, bandied about all that much, uh, as one of the top candidates, uh, you look at the performance of the Giants organization uh, over the last really decade or so, but certainly the last five, six, seven years. Um, and, you know, it, do, it doesn't mean that he's not uh, an excellent prospect, but 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 it's hard to find reasons to well, put him higher on my target list uh, than a number of other guys who, who are coming from more successful operations and, and, and are better known around the league. Uh, you know, as far as your questions about the Bears defense, um, I think that Kyle Fuller is one of the five best cornerbacks in the NFL. I think he continues to be underrated. Uh, couldn't believe that Marshawn Lattimore and, and Jerry Alexander got voted to the Pro Bowl ahead of him this year. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore was considered the problem with the Saints defense the first half of the season. Uh, Jer Alexander is very good. There's no question about that, uh, but not yet quite in, in, in Fuller's league. And then on the other side, Jalen Johnson for a rookie, had a really good year. Buster Screen, one of the better nickels in the league until uh, about midseason. He was struggling the last couple weeks before he suffered the concussion that ended his season. Um, don't know yet what to make of Duke Shelley, but pretty impressed with what I saw of Kendall Vildor. So I'd say, yeah, I think the Bears have the corners to be able to play. You know, I play it all the time, but certainly to play, uh, you know, man coverage or press man uh, on a number of occasions. Kyle is also one of the most physical uh, you know, corners in the NFL. So when you talk about press man coverage, that means you're getting up on the line of scrimmage and you're knocking these guys around before you let them get off the line. So yes, I think the Bears can handle it. Um, and, and it probably would create an extra half a second to a second for the pass rush. But the flip side of that is that when you're in that press man and you make one mistake, it's seven. I mean, you know, it's not a 10-yard gain. It's not an 18-yard gain. It can it can be a big chunk in a, in a big play, and that changes the game in a number of ways. So I don't think it's something that you want to make a living at. I don't think you want to be in it all the time, but a little bit more of it uh, might very well, you know, help the pass rush get home a little more often. So excellent call, Leonard. Thank you. Uh, let's get out to Harvey and get Andrew on the show. Andrew, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Hub? How you doing, buddy? 
I'm doing well, thank you. Listen, I have a few observations to make and mm-hmm. a comment, and mm-hmm. I'd like some feedback from you. Sure. Um, sure. In my, now, in my opinion, if the Bears do not have a fullback, I feel that we should acquire one through the college draft to get one through free agency. Because I remember what Ed Obradovich had to say about the situation. He said a fullback can be used as a battering ram against the other team's defense. And I feel that we should hire a, um, a fullback to wear down the other team's defense uh, as far as our uh, running game is concerned. That's what I feel we should do. And um, also, I feel we should also uh, get another running back to have depth at running back because ever since uh, Tariq Cohen went down with a torn ACL, all the bulk of the work has been given to uh, David Montgomery, and he's doing a he's doing a very good job. But you know, you can wear down your running back if you don't change up things every now and then. You know, you don't want to wear down your one and only running back. And finally, I just wanted to say this: if it's true that Chuck Pagano is going to retire uh, within the next couple of weeks. Perhaps we can get Matt Patricia to uh, take his place and be our defensive coordinator because, if you recall, he was the defensive coordinator for the uh, New England Patriots. I'm going to hang up now and listen to your response. Listen, you guys have a good night. Andrew, thank you. Uh, another great call. Matt Patricia is, is an interesting name. He did an outstanding job as the defensive coordinator in New England. Uh, he coached multiple schemes and multiple systems. Uh, he is a brilliant individual uh, in, in terms of his IQ and his football IQ and his intelligence. He, 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 he was a significant failure as a head coach. Um, but I, I'm not sure how much that matters. He's going to work as a defensive coordinator again in the league, um, and, and it would be a name you know, worth considering. Uh, uh, it, it's one more to put on the list. I, I don't see any chance for Rex Ryan. I think it's highly unlikely that it would be Lovey Smith, but I was talking a while ago uh, about some of the recycled uh, defensive coordinators, former head coaches. Uh, you see Dan Quinn landing in Dallas. Uh, Raheem Morris is a candidate for a couple head jobs, but if he doesn't, I'm sure he will get a D.C. job. And Patricia is another guy who, who fits that mode. So, so you know, it certainly is a possibility. The fullback thing, uh, <laughs> you know, first of all, an H-back and a fullback are, are, are one and the same. And you can certainly take uh, one of your Y tight ends, one of your inline tight ends, or you for that matter, pretty good receiver, and put them in the fullback spot um, and do some blocking. The problem is that a fullback is only going to be a factor in the run game if you're going to run out of a pro set or out of the I formation, neither of which Matt Nagy does. You know, I mean, even, you know, once he revamped the offense and started having some success and went to more of the outside zone read in the run game, um, it, it was almost never um, uh, out of the I formation, and it was never out of the pro set. Um, and if you're going to have the quarterback in shotgun, which is Matt Nagy's preference, you, you're not going to have a fullback on the field. Now, ironically, uh, you know, we talk about Matt coming out of the Andy Reid school and the Kansas City offense. The Chiefs have used a fullback forever. Anthony Sherman was one of the best in the league there for a number of years. Um, and so it's not you know, theoretically impossible. It's just not something that Matt Nagy has ever shown uh, a a predisposition to do. And, you know, I I don't think finding a good one is as hard 
as as redoing your scheme to allow for one. And, and that's really what you're talking about there. And it's not the only way or necessarily even the best way to run the football in the NFL. It is a good way. I mean, we see how they've made it work in San Francisco. You saw a fair amount of it with Baltimore if you watch that Ravens-Titans game. Um, uh, and, and it can be effective. You know, I, I'm not saying it's the wrong call. Uh, I'm just saying I, I wouldn't hold my breath waiting for Matt Nagy to do it because I, I really do think uh, I, 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 Matt's going to be back. I, I think he absolutely deserves to be back. There's no question in my mind about that. And while I am reluctant to see him uh, forego what was working on offense the last four or five weeks, I think he should because he was brought here to take advantage of his offensive expertise. He has not had the offensive line or the quarterback to make it work. I think if Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are going to be back and are going to hope to succeed, they need to get the pieces they haven't had for the offensive line. And at quarter, well, uh, I, I think it's probably going to be Nick Foles, but absolutely need to upgrade the offensive line. And, and by the way, I couldn't agree with you more. I started complaining about the Bears' lack of depth at running back last March. Couldn't believe they didn't address it in free agency or the draft. Couldn't believe that they started the season with the running back group that they did. Not that I don't love Cordero Patterson and Tariq Cohn, because I do love both of them, but neither one of them is a number two back. They're third down specialty backs. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know what Ryan Nall is or isn't at this point, but he's obviously not going to be an NFL running back with the Bears because in three years they haven't given him a chance to be. And, and, and Artavis Pierce you know, maybe could be number two to David Montgomery. We'll see. I, I just don't think that we saw enough. So I agree. They need to get much deeper at the running back position. Uh, but I don't know that adding a fullback is necessarily the best way to go. Uh, we've got, uh, I believe, uh, let's see, Brian, Bernie, Randy, Adam, you guys are going to be next. Stay right where you're at. I'm going to get to everybody in just a moment. First, another quick break right here on The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Much of a conversation will be about Trubisky and his quarterback skills. Where does he rank for you in quarterbacks that you got ready for this season? Do you think he is a threatening quarterback in the NFL? Can I plead the fifth? I guess, I yes, you can. Hub Arkish on 670 The Score, a radio.com sports station. New Orleans Saints defensive end and superstar Cameron Jordan uh, talking yesterday about Mitch Trubisky, uh, or not talking about him as the case may be. I guess that's what happens when you plead the fifth. Uh, So, you know, kind of unfortunate when players start taking shots at their fellow players. But, hey, you know, they're big boys. They're making lots of money. They get paid to... to, Excuse me, guys. I hope that sneeze didn't blast out over the air, but you know, tried to stop a sneeze. You know where that one was coming from. Um, Cameron Jordan, uh, again, certainly being less than complimentary about Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I don't know where Mitch will be in 2021, uh, but he'll be somewhere in the NFL, and I'm sure looking forward to a chance to take on the Saints one more time. Uh, 312-644-6767 is the number at our BetQL listener line. And Brian in Gurney is next. Brian, thanks for calling. How you doing? Hi, Hub. How are you doing? I'm good, thank My you. My question is about Ryan Pace. Um, it seems like he's kind of been left off the hook 
on a lot of dealings that have gone on. And uh, what I'm probably trying to say is uh, the Trebinsky thing is fine because Mahomes, you know, everyone keeps on saying Trebinsky, Trebinsky. He wasn't drafted until the 10th pick. So, you know, everyone that says that, well, there was eight other wrong teams. But he's made a lot of bad mistakes. And I think the worst one now is with Allen Robinson the second. And I, I don't know how you can keep this guy on. Tariq Cohen, he signed him for a lot of money. Miller is supposedly good, but a misfit. And Graham, you know, he gets him from another team. He gets Khalil Mack. I don't know what is. I don't know how everyone keeps on letting him off the hook. And that's just, you know, I, I just want your opinion on that. And that's all. Well, Brian, you know, thank you for the phone call. But, but, but this is what makes it all so complicated is, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody, number one, is letting him off the hook. And, and, and number two, I'm just listening to what you're saying. And, and some of it's just not right. I, I mean, he didn't overpay Tariq Cohn. Tariq Cohn got the going rate for, for a top third down back in the NFL. And, and what do you want to do, lose him? I mean, did, did you have better options? Do uh, you think you're going to go out and find, uh, you know, another third down back as dangerous as Cohn, the best punt returner in the NFL? So I, and I don't want to just focus on Tariq Cohn. Um, uh, you, you know, there, there have been some very good moves. Uh, you know, the Khalil Mack trade uh, is a win. I, I don't care how anybody else, uh, you know, spells it. I, I, I look at... You know what David Montgomery is turning into, and 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 you know this draft could prove to be his best. You know it, it's got very promising early. We don't I don't grade drafts for at least two years and usually three, but but what we saw this year is, is that you know Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, and Darnell Mooney are already more than just you know decent starters in the NFL, and and they have a chance to be very good. Uh, you know, I'm not at all convinced that Kendall Vildor isn't going to be a really good cornerback. Uh, and, and I think that Travis Gibson may turn out to be a professional pass rusher. This may prove to be his best draft yet. We'll see. It's it's too early. Um, you know, the Allen Robinson deal, listen, I, I think it was a mistake not to get it done. But you got to realize the handcuffs that, 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 that Pace is working with on that one. The cap is coming down by $20 million this year. The first time in 11 years that the cap has come down. Um, the Bears are projected to be $2 million over the cap, and that's before they even think about re-signing Allen Robinson, Mitch Trubisky, Tayshawn Gibson, Jermaine Fetty, Roy Robertson-Harris, uh, Barkevius Mingo, Cordero Patterson, Cairo Santos, Patrick O'Donnell. Um, and, and so I, don't, I, I, think what, I think he probably got stuck in, in paralysis by analysis in that he, he just didn't know how much he could afford to pay Allen Robinson, and then there continues to be a debate amongst some as to whether Allen Robinson is a top five NFL receiver or just a top 12 or top 15. He's definitely in that group. But but the difference in contracts for those two categories is significant. And we don't know what offers were made and what weren't. We do know that offers were made. So I'm frustrated by it. I think they should have done what it took to get him signed but there were a lot of extenuating circumstances. So this isn't about letting him off the hook. This is about deciding whether or not he's a guy that you can get to and win a Super Bowl with. And, and while he has made some big mistakes, 
I haven't seen enough to say emphatically that he's not a guy who can build a Super Bowl team. And I think that's kind of where George McCaskey is landing right now, too. Let's go out to Algonquin and welcome Bernie into the show. Bernie, how you doing? I'm doing fine, How about Love your show, and I hope you never retire early, pal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny, Bernie, my, my wife has been trying to get me to retire for five years already, and I told her you don't want that well, because move, that'll move drive you crazy. Studio. What the heck with that? You know. mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, one question in general about the, how could the defense look so good in the first part of the year and so bad in the second half of the year where we were getting zero pass rush against Green Bay and the Saints. What happened there? And along those lines, uh, how would you characterize the Buddy Ryan defense of the 85 Bears? What, what, what was he doing? And along the same lines, is I, I can remember a guy by the name of Dick Buckus coming right up on the line of scrimmage on a play. And him just going right to the quarterback at the snap of the ball and getting to the quarterback about the same time the ball did not not on every play, but every now and then, and you just don't see anything like that anymore. Could you comment on that? Well, Bernie, uh, you know your first part to me is, is probably the, the 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 toughest question of the 2020 season, and not enough people are talking about it because they're so busy. Uh, you know, taking shots at Trubisky and Pace and, and, and even Nagy, but it wasn't even just the first half of the season. Going into the bye, week 11, it was a top five, top six defense. They, I mean, they were playing very good football, and then they come out of the bye, they go up to Lambeau and disappear, and, and then played just as poorly, if you think about it, against Detroit the week after. I mean, you know, letting, letting the Lions put 34 points on them in that game, uh, that that was almost inexcusable. Then, you know, they got better against Houston and Minnesota, although still gave up a lot of points to Minnesota. Um, they, they did play very well Sunday in New Orleans. I mean, the third down play wasn't good enough, but other than that, uh, they did do a lot of good things. So um, I, I don't have a good answer for you on that one, and, and I'm not sure why it, it was kind of like a switch was turned off. As far as the 85 Bears defense, I believe – that for a single season, it was the greatest defense in the history of the game. You know, and I'm I'm putting it with the steel curtain defenses because they they were they were more um, impactful. Uh, you know, the Steelers' defense was better over a period of time because you measure all these things in Hall of Famers and you look at that Steelers group, it was incredible. But that's part of what people need to understand when you compare Buddy Ryan's defense um, to, to some of the other great Bear defenses that we've seen. Buddy was a great coach. There's no question about it. Um, uh, you know, and he had a great scheme. The 46 was great. But there were three Hall of Famers on that defense in, in, in Richard Dent and, and Dan Hampton and, and Mike Singletary. Um, you know, you better be good with that much talent. Every starter on that defense, except for, I'm trying to do this as we talk, except for William Perry and Mike Richardson, um, and I think that may be it, except for William Perry, Mike Richardson, and Leslie Frazier. Eight of the 11 starters on that defense went to Pro Bowls. I mean, it, it wasn't just a great scheme. It wasn't just Buddy. There was incredible talent on that defense, and, and that's why they were so good. And, 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 you know, I mean, the Bears have not assembled a unit like that since. Nobody else has either. But, but you look at these defenses the last few years. Look at, I mean, Fangio had the best defense in the NFL in 2018. 
How many Hall of Famers are on that defense? Khalil Mack is, is on that track. Yeah, I think he's got an excellent chance at ending up in Canton. He's still got more work to do. Don't see any others, you know. I mean, even even Pro Bowlers. Uh, you know, you're talking about Kyle Fuller and 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 Akeem Hicks is in that category. Obviously, Khalil Mack. Um, but but from that group, Eddie Jackson, you know, went to the Pro Bowl and deserved it that year. Um, you know, they they have not assembled the talent that they had in that group, and and so that is why. Um, you know, the, the defense has not played up to that ability. So, um, uh, Jordan, I hate to do this on the air, but my computer just ran out of juice and I've got time for one more caller, but could you tell me who's next, please? (laughs) Thank you very much. Pete, I apologize for being so unprofessional, but I did not notice that the computer was about to quit. Uh, I do appreciate you dialing us up though. Thank you so much. How you doing tonight? Good. Quick question for you, Hub. I'm going back to the Saints game, and I'm really baffled by something that uh, I noticed. We've got one of the best tight ends in the history of the game regarding red zone touchdowns, and that's Jimmy Graham. And I'm looking at the number of targets that the receiving core had over the, the course of the Saints game. It's a total of 27, and he was only targeted twice. Uh, and he was, uh, I think he had both receptions, and one was for with a fantastic touchdown at the end. I'm curious as to why he wasn't used more uh, in terms of a strategy uh, for uh, Coach Nagy. You know, Pete, it's a great question. I, I think what happened is that the offense basically had almost a complete meltdown. I, you know, they got out of their game early. Um, they, they clearly were transitioning from Graham to Cole Komet as the number one target at tight end over the last four or five weeks of the season. Um, and yet going in without Darnell Mooney and then losing Anthony Miller, I thought for sure uh, that Graham would become the focal point, but but it didn't happen. And, and I'm sure that's one of the things, you know, if the season weren't over, uh, that is something that uh, they, w- <laughs> they would be looking at this week to try and figure out where they went wrong and how to fix it. So uh, it is a very good call. It's a very good point. You know, also... Not that that it was a revenge game for him, but let's not forget that he did not leave the New Orleans Saints un, under the best of terms. You know, the, the, the Saints had put a franchise tag on him. Uh, he wanted to be paid as the franchise player, as a receiver, as opposed to tight end. Franchise players get the average of the top five paid players at their position. Well, the difference in that average from tight end to wide receiver at the time, and this is going back five seasons, um, or six seasons actually, but the difference at the time was, was was literally about seven or eight million bucks a year, you know, or at least for that franchise year. So the the Saints traded him instead, uh, went up into Seattle, and then in three years in Seattle and two years with the Packers was never really used properly. Uh, you know, tried to make him a, a Y or an inline tight end. So his career. Uh, kind of tailed off because of what happened in New Orleans. And I got to believe that he would have loved to have gone in there and beat the Saints on Sunday. So all of that would seem to add up to uh, you know him being a primary target, but he wasn't. Now, there were several plays where, where Mitch ran. Uh, there are RPOs, which are run-pass options, where we don't know that he wasn't the primary receiver had Mitch decided to throw instead of run. So I don't know that there, that there weren't more than two targets in the game plan for him, uh, but the fact that the way the game ended up with him only getting those targets 
um, is, is surprising and disappointing. And so it is an excellent observation on your part. And I appreciate the phone call. Um, uh, have I got time for one more, Jordan? They're gone. Okay, well, that's my fault because my computer quit and I didn't see it. And because we are out of time anyway, uh, I was going to try and squeeze one more in. Uh, we've got great stuff coming up for you here on The Score at 9 o'clock. We are going to our best of the score program that we have started doing recently. We've got the best of our interviews today, uh, starting with Sage Rosenfels, who visited with Dan Bernstein and Layla Rahimi on the all-new Bernstein and Rahimi show. And if you're not hearing that regularly, you should, uh, because it is great radio. And as a matter of fact, not only should you be sure and tune in tomorrow uh, for Dan and Layla uh, to catch their show, uh, but I will have my regular Wednesday segment at 11 o'clock and will be joining uh, Dan and Layla. But if you want to hear the best of what happened at the score today, uh, you want to stay tuned for the next couple hours. Uh, it will start, as I said, with Sage Rosenfels visiting with Dan Bernstein and Layla Rahimi. In the meantime, it is time for me to say goodnight. Uh, I do appreciate you guys all being with me tonight. Thank you so much to Joe Colley and Patrick Finley who joined us. And also, I, I do want to give my thanks uh, to Bruce Levine and Rick Camp and Josh Nelson who were planning on joining us until the world's turned upside down and we started getting all kinds of news. Uh, thank you so much to all of you who called and texted and to all of you who listened. I do appreciate it. Once more, I want to thank Jordan Malley. An outstanding job tonight, Jordan. This was working on the fly and you did not skip a beat. Uh, so thank you so much to everybody. Again, this is Chicago's number one rated all sports radio station because of you guys, our listeners, our callers, our texters. Appreciate you being with us. Stay tuned. Next up right here at 670, it is the best of the score. I will be back tomorrow at 11 with Dan and Layla and also sitting in for Joe tomorrow night from 6 to 715. Uh, so be sure and join us then as well. Until then, have a great evening, everybody, and enjoy the station. Only lasted well, he two years. Nagy. What's the difference? He brought in Nagy, who gave up the play calling. Sussman's a better play caller than, than Nagy will ever be, okay? This is 670 The Score, Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station, period. Thanks for keeping us on top, Chicago. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.